0: Hi, everyone, and warmly welcome to our podcast on inclusive labor markets with us at MITLIV and our super special guests that will join us for talks about the DNI. And the purpose of this interview series is to get behind the scenes and learn more about DNI from a CEO perspective. So you will have the chance to meet some amazing CEOs of the largest companies and get their view on why DNI and how walk the talk. But for you who doesn't know much about us or nothing at all, we have been around with MITLEAVE since 2008. And our vision is to work for an inclusive society and a labor market that values diversity. And if you want to learn more about us, you can check out our homepage, MITLEAVE.com. But today, we have the big honor to have a true role model joining us for this conversation, who have a lot of um, experience about leadership, Uh, So, warmly welcome Joakim Skarborg, CEO for NOVAX.
1: Thank you very much. I was uh, looking for someone else after your very kind and generous introduction, but uh, thank you, very glad to be here.
0: (laughs) You're just humble. So, uh, (laughs) how are you today, Joakim? What feeling did you wake up with this morning? Uh,
1: Today, I'm great. Uh, I woke up with a sense of uh energy and uh and sort of time uh, in my schedule we've had some very intense weeks leading up until late last night and uh today i'm a little bit refreshed and and feel that uh, i have time to really get down to doing stuff i've been putting aside for a while so good
0: Nice, and uh, yeah. we've been working some together now. And I've noticed you work a lot. You <laughs> mm. work late uh, yesterday, and you woke up refreshed. But do you ever, I mean, wake up with a negative feeling, or is there any room for you and your role to have a, a bad day?
1: Uh, interesting question. Well, I, you know, first of all, uh, yes, I certainly wake up with negative feelings sometimes. Uh, some wise person recently told me to start by sort of positive affirmation the first thing you do every morning so i've actually been a little bit mindful about thinking about a few positive things the first thing i do when i wake up and that that actually helps a little bit sets sets a good tone for the rest of the day um is there room for having a bad day um uh, well, at work not really i think i you know um I take pride in being very much the same person at home and at work, but obviously sometimes I have to let out frustration somewhere. And and I unfortunately tend to save that for the people I treasure most, which is my family and and friends. Um, because I do think at work as a leader and perhaps even more so as as an owner and sort of sometimes chairman or a board member in one of our companies, we need to inspire um, rigidity, uh, positivism, instill courage, mm. and also calm in our yeah. companies. So there's not a ton of room on the other. And I, I do really think that being human is part of build, building a successful culture, so it's absolutely okay to not have a fantastic day. And I think it's also even okay to say that, but then you have to be able to put that aside when you're working on specific issues.
0: So what do you think of when you think of something positive, when you do your affirmation?
1: Well, I'm, um, I find it quite easy to find pleasure in things, challenges, gadgets, stuff, fun meetings, the workout I'm gonna do you know, paddle game I'm going to play. So I, there's always something. It doesn't have to be, you know, I I, I I revert back to my mental happy place. It can be anything. I mean, there's always something in the calendar every day that, um, that you can find a positive spin around. So I don't think it's that difficult at all.
0: No. And I think maybe that mindset is also one of the reasons uh, behind that. People like you or, or you as a person has come so far as, as CEO. But would you like to share some about what are the milestones in life that brought you to to this kind of leadership role?
1: Sure. Uh, I mean, some important milestones. I think if you want to, well, let's put it this way. If core values are important to you, Axel Johnson is a good place to reside in. Uh, and I think we have very purposely built the values-driven culture and organization at Novax, And I think people tend to work here and work with us in, in companies uh, for specifically that reasons. I mean, there are obviously other reasons as well, but I think that is a key component to why you want to partner with us in some way. So for me, sort of realizing that core values and overlap and core values are important to me uh, has been a journey throughout my um, my career, and I think it started even with my first job, where I was supposed to go go work for a, a, an unmentioned investment bank in London, where I actually. Um, got out before the job started because I felt after having spent time with them that the culture wasn't really in line with my core values and that is not to say it was you know negative or or bad in any ways but the overlap wasn't really there um, and then throughout my career I I have been in cultures and, and contexts where I felt that despite working hard and despite delivering results i did not get the sense of completion or or a sort of sense of purpose that i was looking for and i guess around my you know around when i turned 30 i i i I very much realized that that was the problem sort of that was the missing link rather and i started looking um intentfully for a, a, a culture which was closer to my beliefs and the behaviors that I valued. And that led me to Axel Johnson. Uh, and then uh, yeah, the rest is history.
0: And what is your most important personal value then? Uh,
1: I think it's definitely around being kind and uh, caring for each other um sorry just some noise in the background um being kind caring for each other acting with good intent and realizing we have to find win-win uh situations when we engage in any transaction whether it's you know acquiring a company or agreeing with uh, in a board or you know hiring a person There has to be an intrinsic sort of synergy in what we do Mm. otherwise it's actually a zero-sum game where somebody wins and somebody loses and that is not long-term i would say perhaps the last the last keyword would be sort of a long-term mindset let's Mm. think about doing something good over the long haul Mm. and and also take some responsibility for pushing Uh, the world and our societies in a in a direction that we think is beneficial and helpful for the planet
0: Mm. that is so inspiring and also I think it's I mean inclusion and changing behaviors is not a quick fix so it takes time to to change and uh, change things to the better but I mean actually Johnson has this Pretty um, very ambitious goals around DNI, and and you have your everyday life going on at Novak So, what are the gaps as you see it, and how do you approach those gaps?
1: Um, good question. <laughs> I think. Um... I think it's very important to be outspoken and visionary and being able to sort of paint the picture of where we're going and why we think it's important. Uh, I think the gaps are not so much around, you know, what to do, but Boils down to, in many instances, in people changing their everyday behaviors. And I don't know about you, but you know, I, it's hard to change your behavior. I, you know, that definitely goes for me. And so I think that's the problem. Making sure we are mindful about what we do and what the result of how we act the results of how we act are, and, and sort of the, the constant nudging in the right mm. direction. And to get there, I think knowledge, we need to be aware. I mean, we've mm. been talking uh, with you guys a lot about unconscious bias, and, and that's tricky because they're unconscious, right? We're doing things that we shouldn't be doing, but we're not aware that we're sending some signals. So step one is sort of understanding uh, and we don't have to. I don't think we have to strive to be perfect in, in every aspect, but we should at least know uh, some of the ma- major pitfalls. Mm. And I think consistency in, in sort of training and, and information is important. The otherwise is the other thing is really keeping ourselves accountable, um, person by person. But perhaps even more importantly, using a little bit of peer pressure and making sure. The groups that we belong to at work mm. uh, you know, agree and hold each other accountable for, mm. for displaying that behavior. But for me, those are the big gaps. I think mm. most people know, uh, or at least they have an intent and a, and a desire to, to be inclusive and create safe spaces. Mm. And I think some of us have had the benefit of understanding a little bit more about unconscious bias and some things we should avoid. But to get that into your instincts, Mm. um, that's the trick. And and that's a fairly complicated problem.
0: It is. (laughs) But what would you say is the typical pitfalls, as you mentioned?
1: Uh, Well, I I think it, it, it resides around You know, instinct Mm. acting on instinct in usually quite stressful situations, Mm. or actually, perhaps not even that. It's it's making sure that we take the time to reflect upon Mm. whether you know what signals am I sending out, and Mm. hopefully, eventually, those. You know that reflecting becomes part of our instincts and and we actually don't have to pause and think every time yeah. and i i think you know very few people intentfully want to exclude anyone mm. um, so that's one thing the other thing is if looking at me i grew up in stockholm born in the late 70s uh, the world was very different then in many mm. aspects and we were sort of molded or shaped into forms that that is at the core of who we are. And some of those behaviors looking through sort of a the lens of today, they're not up to par. Mm. and you have to dig quite deep to to change and affect that. and that is that's a tricky process. So I think it it it's a it's a it's a grind. It's an everyday mm. struggle and mm. it, it has to be a constantly present sort of debate
0: yeah.
1: and it has to be constantly on our radars uh, in our companies and in our, in mm. our teams.
0: Mm. And, and what you've been at NOVAX for a while. So how has your journey at NOVAX looked like when it comes to DNA? What has happened since you started until today and what do you see is necessary to change ahead? To to make this successful.
1: Well, I think uh, one thing is we're we're quite a small team here at Novak's. Uh We own 28 companies, and in those companies, uh, several thousand people work. Uh, so that is our that is the full extent of our ecosystem. But here mm-hmm. at Novax, there's only 13, 14 of us. So I I think we have, you know, we have two. Two context to work with and and the Novak's context of the team here centrally uh, that's one thing and, and it's, it's it's a small enough group that we can actually you know we can actually uh, get traction and results quite quickly uh, if we have the right ideas and right processes in place and I think we're starting to, to sort of get there. Uh, but we're also quite a homogenous group in terms mm. of background, education, socioeconomic status. Um, so perhaps uh, perhaps that blinds us a little bit. Mm. That's one thing. I think the, the big impact we can have is how we interact with and, and how we can affect our larger ecosystem. Mm. Um, as owners and board members, we are in some, you know, in some aspects, we're role models, or at least we have an outsized impact. Uh, and I think what we've been trying to do over the last few years is put some requirements in place and put yeah. some demands on our companies.
0: Can you tell us some about that?
1: Sure, so when com- we have a, a little bit of a broad, for us, data is part of our sustainability scope and um what we've told our companies it's 28 companies in various various stages of maturity various locations around europe and of various in, in a bunch of various industries so we've had to come up with something at least uh, you know, the, the the least common denominator what mm. can we make relevant and reasonable for each and every one of our companies um mm. uh, and what we can't include there, we expect our companies to work on individually. But so we've said, you know, step one, knowledge and understanding. Mm. We need to make sure that all our leaders and over time all the people and all our organizations are aware of what DNI means and stands for. We need to understand uh what an unconscious bias is and we need to be able to agree on you know what we qualify as good behavior so step Mm. one is knowledge and we've actually introduced some tools that we have access to to, through uh, nitleave but also through axel johnson resources where we can provide some you know training and, and information around all these things so step one make sure people understand and know. Uh step two, make sure that when we recruit and build our teams, we need to be working with uh, sort of best in class tools and processes to make sure we are as unbiased as possible when we recruit. So we get access to the full talent pool and that we don't discriminate against any individual for any reason that doesn't make sense obviously when it comes to experience or you know capabilities or knowledge we can definitely we can definitely filter and sort to make sure we find the right people but when it comes to other aspects of who a person is uh, we should be as unbiased as possible Mm. so we've also provided some tools there in terms Mm. of um, best practice but also uh, some software tools where you can, uh, or process tools where you can actually migrate candidates throughout the, uh, a process without, uh, sort of getting caught up in biases. Mm. So those are two key preconditions in our minds, and then the third, the third and last demand or requirement we've put on our companies is engaged in civil society, mm. both as a company find something that's meaningful to you where you can positively contribute to uh, diversity and inclusion in the civil society but also provide time for the employees to engage as individuals mm. during work hours and it doesn't oh. have to be you know three days a week but mm. at least some time every month to do mm. something that's great so we were quite happy and, and, and yeah. proud over this uh, and then we we sort of assembled all our key leaders and, and board members and advisors and, and management teams. And we, we sort of communicated this and we felt we provide a lot of things. But uh, I have to say, this was about a year ago and, and the, sort of the adoption and the traction we've been having has been disappointing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We haven't been getting the results we wanted. And uh, I, I definitely think it, it's not for lack of uh, sort of will, but it's most of our companies are fairly small, fastly growing. Mm. Uh, this falls into the b- bucket of you know, important, but not urgent for many mm. Mm. right or wrong, but I understand mm. how it, that can happen. So what we're doing now is we've actually employed a person at the Novex level who mm. will spend a good part of her time trying to more proactively drive this. And we've actually built up a workshop format and some some more tools and we've made our time available to our companies to actually mm. get started mm.
0: and hopefully this
1: will then integrate into the company processes but it, but it is tricky That's and I think this yeah. is something we can all recognize and, and when you have to work sort of indirectly to other companies it's even trickier
0: yeah and I think yeah, we have been in this for 15 years now so I think the conclusion is that the ones who's saying it's easy, they lie. It's a journey and yeah. it's a journey that actually never ends because value, the discussion of, of and working with values is something that needs to be the, the core forever. <laughs> yeah. So it's not a project that ends. Uh, so, But I'm curious, can you see anywhere uh, in any of your investments or organizations, the correlation between profitability and dni do you have any real case uh, that you have measured or followed up that you you directly can see, see the correlation to to uh, profitability
1: um the the answer is no unfortunately and i think it's for two reasons one is we haven't been measuring it mm. but the other one is um, i think our sample size is a little bit small and these are organizations we typically invest in small and medium-sized companies and then sort of try to help them accelerate their growth and their development and um, there just hasn't been again it sort of falls Mm. into a bucket of important but not urgent I think that's that's one thing the another thing is I think this is very much a long game.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and I think if, if you build a very diverse team, you actually increase complexity, mm-hmm. but I th- also think you raise the bar for what you can achieve over time. Mm. But to have a very diverse organization, uh, no ma- matter how you define diversity, mm. I think requires a fairly strong culture and a strong alignment in core values, and that takes some time to build up and mm. if you're growing and adding more and more people all the time mm-hmm. you know it's it's a bit like you know uh, eventually you'll catch up, but it's going to take some time yeah. I'm, I'm a very strong believer that we build much much better and more resilient and future proof businesses mm. uh, By being very good at making sure our teams are Mm. diverse and have a broad set of experiences and capabilities and Mm. life experiences as well. Mm. Uh, Yeah, so so, I mean, it doesn't mean there is no correlation. I'm sure it is, but we haven't been able to monitor or see it.
0: No, and I, I like that you you actually lift that up because it's it's honest, and I think many of the leaders and and uh, people who will listen to this podcast will be able to recognize in this this challenge mm-hmm. uh, that you mentioned. So I think I also think that I mean it's it's important to lift those very hands-on inspiring cases uh, to more but but still we need to be honest about the challenges and and the pitfalls that we all face around us to be able to approach it in the in the right way I agree um, and and I
1: I do think uh, sorry for interrupting but but I do think I mean one thing is we need to be patient I think this will certainly prove itself you know beyond any doubt over time but but i i feel now that we talk about it that this is actually something we should take a look at and see we haven't been sort of doing the analysis Mm. either Uh, but but my gut feel is that we have a bunch of companies that are quite diverse that are doing quite well Mm. and interestingly enough it tends to be companies who are dependent on skills that are Mm. short in supply Mm. Uh, One example would be sort of uh, software engineers, Mm. everyone needs software engineers, in order to be able to cope with that, um, we've been recruiting way beyond our geographical borders, and we've been working with teams, um, you know, located elsewhere, etc. And that has proven that 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 is certainly doable, and it it actually Mm. probably adds Mm. to our our, collective capabilities.
0: Yeah, that's a good example, but I'm also curious, Joachim, about what are the big uh, trends you see ahead? Since uh, all those mega trends that we have around us impact our economies, our uh, businesses, and societies in, in different ways. But what what trends uh, do you see that uh, ahead that will impact your business and force you to work with DNI? Uh, ahead what are the crucial trends that impacts you
1: um, well that's a difficult question i mean i think i think one is certainly the skill shortage making mm. sure that we we can find attract and retain uh, uh, the best people for any position out there uh that means we have to go look in places we haven't been looking before and in in you know with, with the digitization and globalization in um that is happening right now i think we're also facing a different type of competition than we we did 30 40 years ago um i spent i spent uh you know part of my career uh, in new york working for an american company and i i felt i know america certainly has its own problems but on Manhattan. Uh, if you take a look at you know the diversity in the teams and, and the industries I work in, uh, they were doing fantastically well. They had super diverse teams, and uh, it was all skills based. And they had found you know a number of ways to to make that work. Mm. And I, I think perhaps Sweden and Swedes are a, a bit at a disadvantage here. Mm. We've been a very homogenous society for a long time uh, and sort of having to figure out how to set up our society and our companies uh, in, a, in a sort of more diverse context is something mm. we've been working at for, I don't know, the last 20, 30 years mm. as compared to many other countries. So I think we're, we're off to a late start but we can't afford not to catch up very soon.
0: True, and and if you look on your leadership skills, what what do you think when it comes to inclusive leadership is the number one crucial behavior you need to have as an inclusive leader? It's
1: a million dollar question. (laughs) I, I think it's a, a genuine interest in people and, and you know cu- curiosity in, in people's capabilities, skills, personalities, and I, I do feel that. I think we're genetically programmed to be a little bit you know afraid of things that look differently from what we're used to, whether it's um, you know the the geography we live in, or the society we live in, or even people with different traditions, languages, habits, you know, whatever. And I I think um, being a bit curious and really wanting to understand who's who's behind, you know, whatever difference you, you may see, I think is important. Mm. So I think that's one thing. And then I definitely think a strong belief in that diversity makes us, us stronger and a respect for the process
0: mm.
1: and the time it takes to make a diverse team, whether it's you know intellectually diverse or or capability diverse or uh, you know dem- demographically diverse, it's going to take some time to find common grounds. And if mm. you expect that to happen, right away i think you're in for disappointment Mm. you're going to have to be willing to invest a lot more into sort of building a common understanding and building a common definition on acceptable behaviors etc and
0: Mm. if you're
1: willing to do that i think the results are are well worth sort of the time spent
0: but that makes me even more curious about Mm. (laughs) How I mean we 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 meet a lot of great leaders in many organizations, but we also meet leaders that truly don't believe in DNI. Mm. What does it take to bring those on board to feel this commitment and, and yeah wanting mm. to do this? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I, uh, I think uh, that, that it's impossible to to give a general uh, answer to that, but but I, I do think, I mean, if if you want to fix a very defined problem in a very short time frame, diversity can be a, uh, an obstacle. Mm. I think it's in a very homogeneous group as long as you have this, you know, the basic skill sets you need. They can probably get started quicker and they can probably agree quicker they might miss out in some Mm. very key aspects that are important long term Mm. but for a short term project or a fairly well-defined task um, you know you may actually decide not to be too Mm. diverse but if if you're trying to build a rocket and fly to the moon Mm. i think that's a very different type of project that's going Mm. to take many many years and you can't afford not to have every single Perspective out there before you actually dare to put the person in that rocket and you know lift off. Mm. Um, so I think that's one thing. Like not not everything benefits from diversity, but over time and then like mm. bigger and and most important trends and tasks, they definitely will benefit. So I, I think it's. I think that's important to understand what's yeah. in the eye of the beholder, uh, you know, mm. when you look at someone's behavior and what are their, their motivations and uh, instructions, mm. to be fair. Mm. So that's a long way of saying I, I don't really know, but I, I I do I do think over time it will it will be bad for business mm. uh not to be able to sort of build a a, a resilient and diverse culture and and team. Mm.
0: And what would you say is if you choose one tip, the number one for, uh, to send, to pass on to other CEOs who wants to start this journey, what would that be? Where where should you start?
1: mid is that too cheap? (laughs)
0: No but A little, I maybe. Yeah, I didn't expect that. Yeah. But. <laughs> no <laughs> but you. I think it's
1: it's uh, it's it's uh, it's partly true. I think just the, the conversations we've been having and sort of the information and the and the education we've been getting from you has been very helpful in sort of in sorting out what we're really talking about and what it means. Mm. So I do think information and knowledge is definitely the starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, you know, um, personal experiences uh, are very important, and building relationships um, are also super important. I mean, we c- we can look at a person and think he or she is different, and uh, For for any number of Mm. reasons, and we can intrinsically feel that oh, that's going to be complicated. But you know, build a few relationships. Um, Again, spending three years in New York, having our children go to school where they celebrated all sorts of religious holidays, Mm. and they had friends from all over the world. For them, it's super natural. Like that's that's basic. That's plain vanilla. It's Mm. it's nothing out of the ordinary, and they are forever sort of molded into that form and that's fantastic Mm.
0: so i also think like
1: trying to be a bit curious and and, you know try to build some relationships outside of the box and you might be surprised
0: love that build relationships outside the box step outside your comfort zone and yeah and as we say at mid be being comfortable being uncomfortable yeah (laughs) so that wraps it up Joachim. thank you so much for joining us I think many will find a lot of inspiration from this honest conversation and good luck with everything Uh, and uh, yeah wish you a continuously happy day
1: thank you very much likewise uh, there are so much more uh, to be said about this topic but uh, I appreciate having a, a candid discussion thank you